Let's get ready to throw down. Welcome to the show, everybody. Sales Throwdown. We are back and we thought we would talk about some of the worst advice we have ever gotten in sales. And the minute I said this to Clint, he got super ramped up and said it was about time I picked a good topic ever. So we're going to start right there with Clint, man. Like, mm. like what you got? Worst piece of advice you've ever gotten in sales? Oh. <laughs> the list is long, but distinguished. <laughs> I would say, I mean, I, I, I'd seriously say there's at least 10, you know, like do this thing and you will win. And uh, one of them was pretty recently by a, uh, you know, pretty veteran guy in the industry. And he told me, oh, now you're doing this all wrong, buddy. You got to go in so low, you know, with your number, just give them a bullshit low number that they have to call you back. It's so good. And then you worry about getting the price right after that. Oh. And I thought, yep, this is who I'm competing <laughs> against right here. Wow. Wow. That was, that was just recently. He said, no, you don't know the Houston market. Let me, let me tell you how, let me tell you how it operates. I thought, oh man, that's uh, that's some good stuff. When you, Go when you heard that, did you, just, did you just punch, like punch him? Like, like do you yell at him or do you just say like, okay, or what? Like, yeah, I, well, I said, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Al, well, worst, worst sales advice you've ever heard? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of running it through my mind. Um, yeah, give me, I'll take a pass. I've got okay. so much bad <laughs> advice. That, yeah, I mean, yeah, I got them all coming together here. Let me, let me yeah, give me a minute to sort through this. I've had plenty of bad advice. So. Nan? Oh, the first thing that came to mind was, um, and y'all might agree with this, not that I care at this point, but <laughs> that was rude probably. But um, I was told by my first boss my, in sales, um, he, so, you know, you go into an office, you, you meet a doc and you shake hands a lot of times. And the first cup, the first day he was like, oh man, you've got to quit shaking hands like that. And I go, what are you talking about? And he was like, you got to shake like a man. Like you got to like show force. You can't just go in there with the manby pansy little handshake. And I was like, what? I'm not, I'm not a man. I'm a female and I'm a petite female and I'm gonna shake however I wanna shake. And he just thought that was so rude and so stupid. But I will tell you that being yourself, being who you are, if you're Clint, yeah, you go in and shake like, a, you know, a Marine handshake probably. And, <laughs> and for me, I'm not gonna go in there and you know, like, hey, how are you doing? And, and it's, I think it's bowed me. I, I've done well being me. And I think that's really important. So when you ask people to change their, you know, whatever you think is appropriate, I, I don't think that's a good idea. The, and the second thing is not as lengthy, but and the other thing I was told, you know, just book lunches, get those lunches in there. And I've seen over and over what failure that is. All you're doing is feeding 30 people spending $300 and it's just, you know, those 30 people don't give a rat's tail. And you a lot of times don't get to even have communication with the people that make the decisions. So it, it's kind of silly. I remember one story very recently that Al and I uh, 
um, mutual um, salesperson, um, they took in food. Remember, I, I don't want to name names or anything. They took in all this food. They were ready to feed everybody and then we're not even going to see the decision maker. And he was so mad. He took all the food up and left. <laughs> and I was like, there you go. And I, I mean, I, I think that's appropriate. You know, I mean, <laughs> talk, about yeah, terrible, talk about a terrible KPI. Just get lunches. Okay, boss, I've got 35 lunches. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, you know, what's funny, Don, is you mentioned KPIs, because I was actually going to say that to Nan is that I've, I've had a boss say that too. It's like, how many, uh, how many breakfasts have you done this week with customers? How many lunches have you done? And I'm like, uh, zero. Meanwhile, I'm killing it in sales, sold out the year in like June, you know, and this guy's telling me, oh, you need to sell more by selling bagels, you know, and I always laughed about that. But he, you know, if he had a little more training he would know that he's kind of onto something if you know you get into lunches and they produce results down the road then how many do you need to do a week that's a kpi right yep. so there is a there is a method to the madness if you have a process that that might actually work right so you can't just say go out and do lunches and it works you got to say okay in the past we've done 10 lunches we've got results off two so i need you to do this many more yep. that that that's advice but go do more lunches is not. Yeah. Agree. I, mean, I agree. The bottom line is to not be the normal. Don't, you know, don't go and do what everyone else does. Cause then you are just, you know, you're just a bunch of ducks going into the pond. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, you know, figure out how you're going to stick out. You know? Well, uh, let, let me, let me bring this to the forefront. Cause yeah, Clint's right. Everybody's spot on. But back in the day, the pharmaceutical companies, there were certain trends. And some of these guys now are managers, right? They started out, you know, in the field and the marketing was already done for them or the drug was so new that all they had to do was, and that was the, the metric that they judged their reps by because yeah. they were just getting in the door to feed them, right? So there, there was some logic behind that if you were a mid-level manager of a, of a sales crew that if you could spend your budget, it meant at least something was going into the office. The problem is these guys were out drinking, piling up receipts, you know, because I had buddies who were doing it and, and they were like, hey, I got to spend some money. And they, they're going here with their friends, not real doctors. And, and so there was this whole underbelly to that bullshit. But that day is long gone, right? You know, the, I mean, if you want to read a good book, it's the one on Viagra, you know, the sales guy. And I know guys that were destroying rent-a-cars, going through ditches because they get stuck in traffic to just hit as many offices. And some of them fell into the hardware side of things. And the worst medical salesman on, in my industry now is an ex-pharmaceutical salesman. Because they're going to tell you about how great they were when all of that was just rolling but they're no service, no ability to close. You know, they, they've got all this past history, but they spent all that money. Now, now they've got a bunch of debt. Yeah, don't get, don't get confused out there, guys. There was the old way of doing things. But unfortunately, you know, sales trends change. You know, your sales acumen has to come up. And what you did yesterday was yesterday. What you're doing today is, you know, what you need to do to make that sale and keep that pipeline full. 
it's funny you you bring up this idea of taking one thing that worked for one person and trying to expand it in in a terrible way. When I worked at Chase, uh, they had this idea. It's called working the lobby. There was one banker who hated cold calling, right? So one banker in one branch would just grab everybody out of the line and say, hey, you know, why don't you come sit down? Let's just make sure all your information is correct. I'll have someone else handle this transaction for us and that way you don't have to wait in line. And he did that instead of cold calling and he crushed. So then what they did oh. was they said, everybody has to do this now, right? Yeah. And it had, been, it had been beaten to hell like before I, had, before I had gotten there. And so my first day in the branch after going through training was like three months of training and licensing and everything else. And then like, cool, like, like, just go up and just, and just ask them to come sit down with you. They're going to love it. And uh, in my branch, we had all these people and they would come in and there'd be like this like gang of bankers in the chase blue with the cheap ties and everything else like this. And they would just come in and see us and then like cover their eye and beeline it for the teller line because they had been worked so much. Right. Yeah. And so then be, you know, we're, we're supposed to be like, Hey, why, why don't you come sit down? Like, no, I'm good. All my information's correct. We don't need to check it again. Like they knew all the talking points. <laughs> and uh, it was crazy. And, and so what, what, what had happened as normal, they had blown it to the point that we're, we're supposed to grab every person we can. Right. So then it's like, cool don't wait in line, come over and sit down and let's look for something to sell you. And then I'm going to go handle this transaction for you because sometimes you're busy. You don't have someone there who can like handle the transaction. Right. So I remember once this one person was like, if I have to come over there and this person behind me gets done before I'm done, because you know, this takes a long time as I professor, I'm going to be pissed. And I'm like, maybe you should stay in the line then you know that's totally okay but uh you know, i am not looking for an ass whooping today thank you very much God, sir stay was, in line it was crazy because like you would have these like business runners you know like like low-level employees who are just dropping off payroll or dropping off you know like the deposit and stuff like this and like they can't make decisions on anything but we're supposed to grab every one of those people and then finally we got this manager who was like if you don't have someone who's going to handle this transaction don't bring somebody over to your desk and then, of course, we abused the crap out of that because like somebody would walk in and, and it, it'd be like, hey, go to the bathroom real quick because I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> sit down with this person. And then there wouldn't be somebody who could who could handle the transaction for you. But uh, talk about like like one data point just in space. Right. Of just like pull everybody over, you know, bring all the lunches. Right. Your data points have got to combine to something that makes sense. Right. Which is what Clint was talking about now. You know, if you're you know, any data point is good, but it needs to be leading you to something else because you can cold call your aunt a lot and say, man, I'm getting so many dials, but, uh, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be real and honest with yourself, I would say. Yeah. Um, so John, what about you? What's the worst advice you've been given? My, 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 uh, so I, I have two, my, my first one comes from, I think, Gittimer, Jeffrey Gittimer, you know, he's, oh, he's, yeah, he, yeah. he's written some sales books and Co he's got this coffee, thing. Sales coffee or something like that. Yeah, uh, like, like yeah. the little green book of sales. The little, red book, little, yeah, red book. little red book. Little red book. I've got it actually. Yeah. He's got this thing of, uh, of assuming the sale, which I, ugh, I hate it like so bad because maybe he intends it well, but I think that most people are, are just like, oh, okay, so that means we can, we can chat on Tuesday. And then after that, we'll be good to go. Right. And like, you're just taking the prospect's ability away to like, act as an adult and make their own decisions and just purely away from them. And I like, I hate it when it's done to me. I, and I, when I tried to use it before, you know, deciding I wasn't going to use that, it never worked out very well. So that's one of my big pet peeves. And then, the, and then the other one is if you phrase your questions so that way they only give you a yes, when you ask for the business, they're just so used to telling you, yes, they won't even think about it. Oh, 
God, are you kidding me? I hate that shit <laughs> so much. Yeah, and, um, and I think that that leads to you getting drugged down the path for six months on a indecisive yeah. customer because they they can only say yes but have no intention of actually doing. Yeah, absolutely right. Because I mean, well, okay, so you got the sale, but you didn't get the close. You didn't get the post yeah. sale. You can't lock the deal in. So what's a yes without a commitment? Because that's all you did. You know, exactly. sure, we can do that. And then click, click. I mean, you never can get back in front of the prospect because that's all he is at that point. Still a prospect. You haven't sold anything. Yeah, the smile and nod, right? Oh, yeah, that sounds really good. Well, you kind of phrase the question so they, there's only one real way to answer it unless they're Clint, you know, and you're getting hauled out of the office, right, against your will because you're like, mm -hmm. hey, Clint, you probably really want this. Let me show you what I really want, you know, but like, but like everybody else is just going to smile and nod at you, you know, it's really good. He's got, got that back door that leads out of his office. He opens it and the guy walks through, you know, give him the, Hey, after you shut the door and lock it. Right. Yeah. The back, the back mat on the back porch is actually just like a, like a, like a small cover of like a, of like a pit with, you know, spikes on the bottom of it. Well, yeah. Let me show you where the sales guys exit. So that way you don't got to deal with the crowd out in the front. <laughs> Let me introduce you to the broom closet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. But I, you know, I think we've all, you know, we've read all these books and, and in many cases, other sales articles. And I do go back to one, um, you know, um, you know, one thing I heard once before is if you can glean at least one tidbit out of some of this stuff, because a lot of times, you know, the bad is mixed in with a handful of good items that they've either come up with themselves or ripped off from somebody else or, or, or refabricated. So don't be afraid to dig into what other people are saying, but don't drink the Kool-Aid at nauseum, right? Mm -hmm. You know, glean from what other people are saying, both the good and the bad of their equation, right? Because if you walk away with one item to put in your tool bag, you know, you're just diversifying your acumen and then you get out there and practice a little bit. And if it doesn't work, then throw that, that one away and go pull another one out, right? Yeah. I, I'd say uh, I, I see it a lot on uh, LinkedIn, uh, especially in sales books, um, but there's always – if, if anything starts with this, do these three, do these five, 10 things and you will blah, blah, blah. You already know it's horseshit, right? Oh. And now I saw something the other day where it was, if you do these three things on your daily routine, you will become better at this. Now that's a true statement. If you do those things and they'll happen to work for you, but there's so many variables involved in all of those things that it's, there's, or, there's nothing worse than being lied to on advice before you even start it, right? Well, and or if you hear that you'll never have to close again, right? Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> never follow up with a prospect yeah. again. Just don't call anybody. Never, never call. <laughs> if you ever hear the word never again, that's a bold-faced lie, right? You know, because there's a guy. <laughs> and, and there's a guy, uh, he's, he's always in my LinkedIn feed. And I keep meaning to delete him, but I get so frustrated. I just, <laughs> I just kind of push him away. But every day he does some kind of sales thing and he's 
always walking down the street or he's always got some role play that he's doing right. And he'll always say, if you do this, I promise you will close every deal. Like, well, hand me the golden nugget because, you know, like, and then you listen to it and it's like, dude, if I did that, I wouldn't close. I would lose all of my customers, you know? And, and, and the thing is, is he's got tens of thousands of people following him and listening to this garbage. And uh, it, it just, it hurts me to know that that's out there knowing full well that it's, total trash but people love that clickbait that that uh motivational like oh if i just do that i'll win today and then you fail and it's like okay oh but he told me tomorrow if i do this i'll win again today and then you lose and it's like you're just going down this rabbit hole of shit you know somebody uh yesterday i was networking with someone and like hey what are your thoughts on gary v and i was like i think he's a motivational speaker for certain people and they're like, well, you don't think he's a good salesperson? And I was like, I know he's not a good salesperson. He's a, he's a marketer, right? And there's mm-hmm. a difference in those two skill sets. And they're like, they're like, well, don't you like the stuff he talks about? And I was like, no, I think he's actually pretty toxic to like small business and startups. You know, this whole idea that you have to hustle 24-7, 365 and all of this stuff. Because what it does is it just kind of leads into the, I'm feeling busy. So therefore I have to be winning as opposed to I'm being productive, you know, and, you know, being intentional. Um, there's a lot of bad, 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 bad advice out there. Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely people out there giving sales advice and training that are motivators, like self-motivating people and they call it mm-hmm. sales training. Yeah. Hey, look, it's, you know, if you, if you need that in your life, if you need the motivation, you know, if you're in that corner of the spectrum that just thrives off that, Hey, there's nothing wrong with it. Just don't take it to heart, you know, use it for the tool that it is, which is motivation, not, not sales tactics. Right. And, you know, everything, uh, you know, hits everybody a certain way. I mean, you know, I kind of always go to sales training to the, to the old, like old school, old Testament, yell at your preacher on the pulpit. I get way more out of that guy than a Joel Osteen, which I like. He's a good guy, but he's all motivation, right? It's 30 minutes of motivation, two minutes of scripture. I, I don't get anything out of it. So if I'm trying to learn a subject, right? I need the professor. I need the, the guy that's worked through the weeds, the guy that probably came up through sales, not the, not the guy that bought into a program and sells something, right? Or, you know, just because you write a book, guys, if you, just because you write a freaking book does not mean shit. Anybody can publish a damn book. It doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't. Well, doesn't mean it's not getting a copy of my book. So (laughs) if it's good, I'll read it. (laughs) what a moving target that would be (laughs) i mean but you know that's the thing is like i've got books upon books of people oh if you oh you're in sales you've got to read this you've got to read this is the greatest thing and and i make it through i don't even make it through the first chapter i'm like god this is shit and somebody thought this was the best book on the planet and i just think you know hey man if it works for you and you're successful but you know the fact that you bought this book and you're you're leaning into this book for advice probably means you're doing something wrong, you know, and and there's other ways out there. Well, I I think that a lot of what I dig into is time management, you know, uh, books like getting things done and looking at people who have really a process that they're trying to expose you to given all the levels of distraction that can occur in, in, in a sales role, because a lot of times you're out there flying by yourself making your own moves and and doing things on your own with the home base that you report back to, or maybe you own 
you know, the you know, the, the company that you're working for. So I find a lot of that information very useful once you get into a rhythm of success in sales, because a lot of times you can get lazy pretty quickly unless you put that in gear along with your sales process. So I've, sure. I've found, I found that to be helpful on my end, just, just speaking for myself. And, and I've got, um, there, there's one name that popped up in my head a minute ago. Um, Ian Altman, have you guys ever heard of, of that guy? Mm-hmm. So yeah. he, he's got a book called side by side selling. I think that's the name of it. Um, it's, it's a very, so, so I've actually said in a conference room, right. Where people have hired him to come in and, and speak to leadership, right. And how to, you know, do better sales. And he went through this whole spiel and, uh, and, and he talked about how he did this one deal, right. He was ahead of his time and he did this one deal and he became a, you know, a millionaire in selling but he always had the only the one story to revert back to. And I noticed this a lot too. in um, some of the guys you uh, pull out of combat and they become these trainers for CEOs, how to motivate your troops and stuff like that. They always revert back to the one story that they have, right? Well, that story is relevant a couple times maybe, but there's so many situations, so many variables. And the, and the way Ian always explained this stuff, it was really good information, but that's all it was. There was no personality in it. There was no, how do you deal with a customer that tells you to go F yourself in the first five minutes? How do you deal with that, right? Because that's an option. And everybody's always so focused on, hey, if you do my process, you win. But what happens if I do the process and you lose? How do you handle it from there? Because that's part of the equation. That's part of all the stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I look at those books. I'm like, okay, this is a this is a screwdriver in my toolbox that I can now use. Thank you. You know, but I've also got four other screwdrivers for when that screw type, you know, is in front of me that I need to use that. So, uh, you know, I jumped on my phone because, you know, I'm notorious for not remembering movies. That's why I can watch Pulp Fiction 60 times and, you know, still enjoy it. But, um, you know, the first thing that pops up on my phone is How to Change Your Mind uh, by Michael Pollan. Um, then the next one's The Dictionary of Body Language. 48 laws of power, you know, business storytelling. Yeah. Business storytelling. And that's for dummies. Um, measure what matters. matters Um, all marketers tell stories and are liars. And that's by Seth, Seth Godin, never split the difference. Um, winning body language, uh, in sales professionals. So there's, and not all, uh, there's a lot of filler in every one of those books, but inside there is something that these people felt compelled enough to write a book and spend some time on. So if you're not reading, you know, and, and you look at Warren Buffett, you look at any of the greats out there, they're going to, they're going to revert back to how often you read and what are you reading. And it's not to say that you don't read a lot of stuff that's going to mimic other things, but this redundancy and this constantly feeding the big thing between your ears, right? Then practice, right? You got to get out and, you know, make, you know, go through the actions. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, that kind of goes to the theory of, you know, like a drug addict, right? You, you want to <laughs> stop being a drug addict, then stop hanging out with druggies, right? Like move on, get out of the atmosphere. You've got to get out of that. And if you're losing at sales constantly, if you're constantly losing, and you don't know how to get out of the hole, look at what you're doing and look who you're surrounded by, right? Yeah, because so it is. And if you surround yourself with knowledge and information and, and power that's winning, then 
you're probably going to fall into that yeah. that trap versus the failure side. And I found myself in that many times. You know, I listen to somebody because of their age or their experience, and and I think, oh man, this guy kills it, kills it, kills it. But then you really dig into the weeds and, okay, he's at a 3% hit ratio and he's lost the company millions of dollars, but he sold, you know, $700 million. So on the sales side, it looks good. But then you look at the backdoor information. It's like, oh man, look at all the work that guy had to do. Look at all the wheeling and dealing he did just to make nothing. Yeah. And on the, on the surface, it looks great. So you, you got to, you know, and then you got the guy in there too, that sells four or five jobs. So it makes the company millions of dollars. He only sells four or five a year. That's the guy I want to be around. That guy yeah. works the least. He works the easiest and he makes everybody money. And he's probably the silent guy. You know, I, that's the people I want to be around. Exactly. That is such a good point, Clint. I'm so glad you said that because it is vital who you hang around. Um, you, know, you are this, gonna be this came ahead. out today and I sent it to my staff. It's called Warren Buffett says four choices in life that separate doers from dreamers. And I, I, it's, it's a pretty easy to um the number one pick your friends wisely and you guys can dig it up and read it this was in ink today number two go to bed a little smarter each day mm -hmm. number three improve your communication skills that's what we're doing <laughs> and number four is say no more often yeah for sure mm. yep and, and you, know, you know he goes on with an explanation behind each one of those but that was just today's tidbit that got me in the right groove to get through my day. And yeah, I mean, those are the things that you do consistently is you reach out, learn something new every day. And then, you know, and then ask yourself how you did that day. Right. And yeah. what'd you learn? Yeah. What, yeah. I, what can you take I, away? I'd love to, uh, I'd love to switch this conversation now that we've got that out of the way to what's the best, best. Sale I was just going to say that. All Let's right. do that. I love it. What do you got, Clinton? Uh, no, I'll go around the horn. I mean, that, that still puts yeah. you first, <laughs> D. I'm, I'm the host. What are you oh. talking about? Oh, okay. So, so Clint's now an S, so, so he doesn't have to go first. Al, <laughs> best sales advice you've ever gotten? Um, go for the no. Go for the no? Okay. Mm, that's a good one. Nan? I, guys, I do. Sorry. <laughs> Got to close the deal. Hold on. <laughs> Surgery's on, on hold because Al. I'm on my podcast hey, right we can now. all I We can all just be quiet and we can just hear the overflow of Al. Are you serious, like, Al? Go away. Oh, my God. Okay. Al's been muted. Okay, he's back. Good <laughs> Lord. Talk about a high-maintenance co-host. Good Lord. <laughs> you got to unmute, buddy. No. I'll, I'll, so I'll... Uh, no, I do like the go for the no. That was that is one of the most solid piece of advice. It's okay to get, you don't have to win every deal. That is solid, man. I I will tell you for me, it has been the personality driven side of, you're not wrong, whatever personality you are, you're not wrong. You're just different than somebody else, and that has probably been, for me, the biggest driver of me being, you know, typically come off as a complete asshole you know, to some people and realizing that, realizing that I came off that way and, and having no clue, right? That was, that was huge advice for me. And somebody's saying, okay, this is where you're at. This is where you fall on the personality spectrum. Now you're not wrong, but also the person opposite of you is also not wrong. And that was just, I mean, talk about a mind explosion for me, right? To be able to deal with people and 
you know, cause, cause what I wanted to do was surround myself constantly with people like me. And guess what? That's the worst. That's the worst people that I could surround myself with because all you're going to do is fight with each other. Right. And learning how to put those uh, personalities and play and work, work within your team and, you know, get customers of all shapes and sizes, man. I, I mean, that was absolutely the best advice anybody ever gave me. Wow. Okay. If just real quick, if you've gotten good sales advice or bad sales advice, text it to us. We'll talk about it on one of these shows. 817-345-7449. Miss Nan, what do you got for good advice? So of course, Jesus Christ is my absolute favorite. Life coach. Yeah, absolutely. Life coach ever because I mean, he just had a servant spirit and I just think that is the best. The human, well, not that Christ wasn't human, but Zig Ziglar is like the coolest man on the planet to me. He, I'm trying to remember exactly. Um, you can get everything you, I'm sorry, let me read it because I'll, I'll forget it. You can get everything in life you want if you will just help enough, enough other people get what they want. And that is, if I'm ever successful, that's what I've done. And I'm, I haven't, I can't say I'm like amazing. I've done it a million times, but when I look back, that was the thing that helped me do well. Wow. Um, so that quote had a big impact on me. Like we were, we were all together at a sales conference and they put yes. it up on the page and like, I was like, okay, cool. I need to change what I'm doing because it was, it was a huge moment. But uh, was, was that when I was at the bar texting you guys to come join me? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, w- I was, I was running out of that room. Whenever I, was on that text. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is, this, this is where I need to be. So, yeah. So, so my, I mean, all of these things you guys have talked about have been huge things for me, but like arguably the biggest thing is that it doesn't need to make sense to me why they do want to buy or why they don't want to buy because it's their purchase, right? Because I have talked myself out of some deals in the past because I'm like, this just doesn't make any sense. And they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I trust you. This probably doesn't make sense. And then they leave. But like value is, is, is in the, yeah, value is in the eye of the prospect, right? If it makes sense to them and they're willing to pay for it, shut up and, and do it, right? Like, and by that same token, it doesn't have to make sense to, to me why they're telling me no, right? I need to qualify to make sure it's a good no, not like a smokescreen or some bullshit objection or something else like this or stall. But like once it's a real no, you know, like, you know, if I try to bump heads with that they just dig themselves deeper into that trench you know that they're already in you know so it kind of plays into that go for no that 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 i was talking about and you know that we all do a lot you know but um it, so, it doesn't so have to I, make sense to me can i break that down for a minute psychologically because it's it's really interesting that we all four chose what we chose mm-hmm. you know as our as our favorite because nan's was very motivational right imagine mm-hmm. that the yes needs motivation doc's was i need a no because Typically, that's what I can't handle in my personality as an I. I can't handle the nose. I need everybody to like me. And for to overcome that big fear was, hey, I got to get a, it. Once I accept that nose okay, hey, eyes are powerful, man. And then John with you, you know, and it's, it doesn't have to make sense on paper. It just needs to make sense for somebody else on paper. Like, imagine that you guys all picked that. That's, that's pretty crazy. And me, you know, headstrong, personality driven, you know, I have that fear of, you know, not being the dominant one when I can let an S be the dominant one in her own yeah. or his own situation. Right. Like it, it's amazing. That's how 
that that alone tells you how much personality drives the everyday life. And so I'm working at the bank. Um, this is 2012. And so CDs are, CD rates are terrible, right? And just pure trash. It's like, it's like maybe 2% for five years or something like this. I mean, pretty, pretty low, but the market, they're still, not, they're not any better now, but go uh, ahead. Okay. So, 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 so at the time we could, they're worse. All these, these, these fixed annuities and variable annuities, you know, they gave you some market access, you had bigger returns and, and we had some that had some guarantees on them. And I would call these people in and I, and I'd be like, man, you're probably not happy with that, with that rate of return. And they're like, well, no, I would love it to be more. And I'm like, well, let's get you over here. And they'd be like, well, I'm not really sure that I, that I want to lock my money up for seven years for, you know, three and a half percent. And I'm like, why, why wouldn't you do that? You know? And then they leave and I would just like walk around like kicking rocks, like what an idiot, you know? But, um, you know, it doesn't have to make sense to me. It needs to make sense to them. And, you know, if we don't qualify, you know, around, Hey, if you're going to lock your money up for longer, what kind of rate of return would you be looking for? You know, and, and asking those kinds of questions. I didn't have those questions in my arsenal because it was like, this makes sense. You're an idiot if you don't buy it, which did not serve me very well. <laughs> so can I, can I uh, segue that for a second? Because there's something that I always want to talk about and, and it kind of goes with putting all this together, but you know, I've got a lot of customers sometimes that will, you know, just because it makes sense to them doesn't make it make it right either in the industry in, in what you do. And in construction, it's huge. And I would guess in the medical field, it's probably as big. John in the, you know, technology, CRM field, like somebody may want something and you sell that something, but you know, it's not the right fit. And you know, down the road that they're not going to be happy with that product because you're the professional at the end of the day, right? There is a time to make sure that they have all the knowledge and there is a time to turn a job down that will only gain you a bad reputation. You know, as much as you want the sale, man, as much as you want the $30,000 PO that, you know, you don't get on a daily basis, there is times to turn that shit down for your own benefit down the road, for your own sanity, for your own professionalism. Like I, I have to do it all the time. You know, you want this, I don't put in shit jobs. I don't want to put shit in shit jobs in. I don't want to be known for that guy you know what, give it to, give it to my competitor, let him do it that way and let his name become trash in the market. And yeah, it's a 20 year process, you know, for that to ever, maybe ever show up and maybe I'll never do business with that guy ever again. But you know, it, it, there's a, to me, man, there is a time you got to get out. There just is. Well, and, and you, you lead it to me. What you just said is reputation is everything. Yeah. And the honest approach about what you think about your own product and your own ability centered sure. around that product. Because if yeah. I'm using something or taking it in front of one of my surgeons, or one of my docs, I want to know when this thing screws up, where's it break down at? And I ask the manufacturer that so that yeah. I can, you know, some doctors, they're a little heavy handed. Some guys are a little too light. Every, everything has a fit, but not, it doesn't fit everybody. So you, you have to know your product line. And, and there's where you couple knowing a lot about your industry, how you, how you sell then becomes a component of the value that this customer is going to see down the road from what you sold them so that you yeah. can come back in and, and, and re-engage for the next sale. Because, you know, a lot of industries may be one and done, but I think there's, there's as many that are continually, it's a, it's a relationship you develop that carries you down the road for other deals. 
Yeah, and you know, recent recently this hopped up in uh, in a conversation I was having with another, uh, I guess, competitor of mine. You know, another colleague, and um, the guy said, uh, "Yeah, you know, we had a meeting with one of Elon Musk's companies. You know, and he was building a huge Tesla factory in in uh, Las Vegas or something like that. So, you know, he somebody had filled his head, you know, over a drink or over some, you know, somewhere at a conference that." you need these type of pumps in your factory. And the guy selling the pumps said, look, that doesn't make any sense. You know, that guy, yeah, that's the top of the line pump, but you're in, you don't have any humidity, you don't have this, you don't have all these elements. It, it actually makes no sense. It actually becomes more inefficient. But because this guy had it in his head, and Elon Musk, who, you know, I think is one of the brightest minds on the fucking planet, you know, I, I love watching what he's doing. He doesn't know everything about everything. You are still your, your, you know, what we always say, your doctor in your field. You are the professional in your field. And sometimes there's a time to stand up. So, you know, just talking to this guy. Oh, yeah. So I said, well, what'd you do? You know, oh, man, we sold him. We sold him whatever he wanted. It's Elon Musk. And I thought, you know, that that is one that I would probably lose a sale, but I'd push back. And, you know, they're because you, it's unnecessary. It's a complete, you know, and they they took all the old equipment. We're talking millions of dollars in equipment, right? They took all the old stuff. They scrapped it. They bought millions of dollars of this new stuff because somebody filled his ear. And, and what my advice was to this guy was, why didn't you fill, him, fill his ear with the right stuff? You know, like if you were so sure, if your gut says it, you know, and, and it's, it's tough, right? Because you, part of you says, okay, you're buying, I'll sell it. I'm selling, right? I'm selling. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I get that. And, and, and don't hold me, you know, don't put my feet to the fire on this because I get that side. And, and I'm not saying that I, you know, I haven't done some similar things in the past, but at some point when it's so wrong against what you know is right, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta let the people know, right? And it's just the right thing to do. I just ask, right? In those kinds of situations, hey, you're saying this, so far everything we've talked about doesn't really indicate that you need anything at that level. Are you sure this is what you want to do? I'm sure, right? Then I can check that box that I've done everything that I possibly can, yep. right? In that moment, um, you know, I, but I do agree with you though, right? Because you, sometimes you, you have to step away just because it's, it's gonna be bad, right? Like, like a guy I was talking to the other day where, you know, he's looking for a closer, we're talking about it and I'm gonna build the process and everything else. And he was like, well, we've got a good process. And I was like, well, here's the deal. If I can't have any influence over the process, I'm not the right guy for you. And he's like, oh yeah, you can have total control over the process, but it's really good. We probably don't need to do anything about it. And I was like, how do you know? And he goes, well, because, because we're just killing it over here on the sales. And I'm like, then why would you get a closer? Why, why are we talking at all? You know? And so like, like we kind of had to kind of pull it out uh, of him. And then finally I was like, man, I don't think that we're going to be able to work together. And he's like, why? And I was like, I, you know, the, the processes I build work, if you already have one, you know, it probably has some stuff in there that doesn't match up with my sales philosophy, which is totally okay. But if I can't do it end to end, it's not going to go very well. And I'm not confident enough to like even send you an invoice for it. And he was like, he was like, well, let me think about it. You know, can you send some information over? And I said, I don't know why I would do that. Yeah. I mean, and it's a good, you know, that's, that's one of those situations that, you know, to my point, that I'm talking about it's like I, there's been times I've faced been faced with that numerous times where it's like I, we want to hire you to do this and they're handing me this you know so to speak golden ticket but I look at you know six chess moves ahead of what the fallout is what 
and I'll tell you this guys in every sales conversation I've ever had in my life, I'm always thought about the fallout. You can't ever forget about that. You know, and something. Clint, is that easier or harder when your pipeline's full? <laughs> um, no, it's definitely harder. There's, that's a, that's a good question. And I know you're being a little sarcastic, but um, it is, it is a good question because uh, I've, I'm dealing with some of that right now. My pipeline is not full and I'm dealing with some of that right now where people are wanting to hand us jobs. If you'll just do this. And yep. I say, man, you know, Ooh. sometimes it's too good to be true. Right. And you look at it and you're like, there's no way I can get there. And they dangle that carrot out there enough. And it's just, you know, people outside of your, um, maybe your team, maybe a, a president of your company or a CEO or whatever regional vice president's like this, why wouldn't you do this job? But you know too much information, right? And you just think, mm -hmm. man, this is, this is not the right move. Please trust me on this. You know, I've had those conversations. So yeah, it, it is easier when your pipeline's full, but it's also the right thing to do when it's not. Because and, the last and, and thing I you want to do when you, when you have your pipeline short and your revenue short, the last thing you want to fucking do is write anything down or take a loss on anything. Everything you sell up to that point has to, has to break you even take, you know, put the lights on, feed the, you know, feed yep. the, feed the employees, keep the doors open, keep your brick and mortar lease paid or make you money. Like I get those, but to take a loss when your pipeline's short, it is not a, it's just a bad revenue. It's a bad move. You know, along those lines, um, you know, we, we're all connected, right? We're on LinkedIn We're I mean, we're on these social media platforms and everything else like this. Everything is so connected. You're, we all have these personal brands, right? Of like who we are and how we operate in our, in our zones. And because everything's connected, it's not that difficult if you work in a big company to find someone and be like, hey, how is this guy really, you know? And to dig in and figure that, figure that stuff out. And so if you're not acting with that utmost level of integrity, it's going to come back on you eventually, right? It might not be in this role, but it might be handicapping you and getting like that sales leadership role or something else along those lines. So you have to be, this stuff follows you around now. I mean, the world is tiny in the grand scheme. Well, and it, and it does come back to the quality that you want to provide. Right? Absolutely. And, and if, and if you're, if you're going to stand by the sale that you've made and the purchase that your prospect is, is you know, that they've taken on, you're going to have to provide some satisfaction down the road. And unbeknownst to the buyer, you know, if the buyer's wrong, then the satisfaction isn't going to come because they're going to see it in the end result. So, you know, think with the end in mind, how does this, you know, it, it, it's, it's okay to be excited about it, but if you're excited about a shitty deal, that's just putting money in your pocket, but not servicing your client, what does that look like in six months, in a year, in two years, where are you at? Yeah, because let's talk about the situation where, you know, the two, the two options. Do you want to say six months from now, I told you so, and still be the guy that sold the job? And all they have is negative connotation over every word you're about to say. Or do you want to be the guy that did the right thing and backed out and said, hey, you know, this isn't for us, and, and be the same guy and say, I told you so, compassionately. And oh, yeah. now, now next time, now for life, you'll know that I, I, I did you right. Alan, Absolutely. I, I, I know, I know yeah. which side I want to be on. 
Yeah. And along those same lines, right? Um, don't don't shit on the other person or the other people that they're talking to, right? Like, oh. I mean, it's one of the worst things you can do anyway. But like, if you're if you're building this wall between you and the other person because they feel like they can't even have a conversation with you because you're, you know, gonna belittle their choices and their options and stuff like this, they're not gonna talk to you, right? So, you know, if you can put them in a, into a position to where they shit on their current provider or something else like that, then that's totally fine, but it should never be you. Always play the long game. Yep. I know that. Play the long game. Well, and, and because if, you know, and, and this happens a lot of times whenever, uh, or I see it in my industry, where somebody's unsatisfied and they're, they're, you know, there's some grumblings, I should have, and that guy and this guy, you know, either don't say anything, or yeah. if you get an opportunity to say, Hey, I, I'm sorry it worked, it worked out poorly this time. Normally, you know, they're spot on on what they do, you know, just, and leave it at that. You don't have to build them up, but don't tear them down and then step in with how should we proceed, yeah. you know, knowing yeah. what we know now about this process. Be, because Again, there's always, there's always the chance that you screw the same freaking thing up. Yes. Yep. Or you if you, that, okay, yeah. but then also your client or your, your prospect Here's you run your competitor down and thinks, what's, what's this guy going to say about me if this yep. goes south, yep. right? Yep. Or yep. if I'm unable to carry this project from my end all the way to fruition, what, what's Jackass going to think about me and how much is that is he going to say around town? So be aware I mean, that, you, that your client or your prospect is not a dumbass, right? What comes out of your mouth, he may be listening to. So yep. choose your words carefully. Along those same yep. lines, when, when, when I see people who just like show up and they just say, you know what, we're going to kill it, you know, like, like we're, we're going to blow this out of the water for you. And like, you haven't done a good job of qualifying, you know, and you see this a lot on like social selling, you know, someone's like, Hey, I'm looking for this. And then like, everyone's in there. Oh, I know a guy. He's the best. He's the best. He, you have no, idea. like he was the best for you. That, that's fantastic. But then you see these people like, like the actual provider, they hop in, into these like DMS and chat threads and comments and they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to kill it. How do you know? You can do it the same exact way that the other person did. And then you now have to prove it that you're better than this other person. Whereas if you could go and have a conversation, like, I'm sorry, that didn't work out. I've heard nothing but good things. What didn't you like? Yeah. They, yeah. You know, they'll tell you. And, it, and it's funny because um, here recently, you know, from the buyer standpoint of myself, like we, we've used a, we used a company recently that said, uh, you know, back six months ago, absolutely we can do this but we gotta we gotta use this product line and i'm like hey look that product line doesn't match what we need right i've already talked to the engineer i've already got us approved we're a go trust me trust me trust me while i like the enthusiasm and, and their number helped us get the job we qualified it in our you know contract language that said okay we're we're using all of this stuff right so as soon as the job got approved, they said, oh, yeah, by the way, that equipment, we can't use any of that shit. And it's like, okay, well, it's a $30,000 change, you know, like that. We knew that. We told you that. They told you that. They told us that it would work. And so there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff around it that, you know, went bad. But I'll give it to this. I'll give it to the company that did this. They said, you know what? We screwed up. We are willing to make everything right. And, yes, it's going it's, it's to hurt. It, it's going to kill us. We'll take the $30,000 hit. And we'll make it right for you because that what we did, we promised you the world and we, you know, under delivered. So they made it right. And literally they provided us with everything that was supposed to be done on the job for the price that they gave us. And, and look, I know that that hurt them, 
I, I know it did, but I wasn't going to take the hit. It wasn't my, you know, it's not my hit to take. Yeah. We make mistakes too that we take hits on all the time. But I will tell you this, that the honesty and the character that that guy, you know, showed us during the whole process, I don't want to do business with anybody else because of that. So, yeah. you know, doing the right thing is, is hugely important in everything you do. We and we could, up, guys. We exactly. Are, we are at time. But, yep, I, I, can, I can do it in the wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. Let's because Clint's drinking. Al, what do you got? Last last words, nuggets, anything else? Well, back to Clint, owning the mistakes that occur in your process. Don't have too many of them, obviously. Fix them as you go along. But if you're in front of a prospect, a client, you're doing business and something does go awry, have the nuts, be the man to step up and own it, and then start like hell working to fix it as best you can. And, yeah. and I think because nothing's, yeah, I mean, there are ups and downs in every sales process. So, you know, you know, I don't even think it's about being the man. I just think it's about being the adult, right? Yeah, there like, you go. Even you know, better. Like, 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 like own, own, own your mistakes, own the good things because nobody gives a shit about your excuses. Like nobody on the planet, like at all. So Clint, what do you got? Nuggets? Last words? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, good advice, bad advice. There's a lot of both out there, right? And I think that it all has to be tailored to fit what you do in your industry, your personality, who you're dealing with on the other side of the table. There's so many variables to all the tips and tricks and all this stuff that you have to formulate your own process. And, and I'm even talking about your own process within a company's process or a team's process. Mm -hmm. Everything just doesn't tailor fit everybody off the shelf, right? You got to tailor it to you. Uh, don't, don't be afraid to, to buck back and, and show, you know, if you've got a reason that it doesn't work for you, have the information, prove it. I, I think that everybody has their um, gut feeling, especially in the personality spectrum. You know, if it feels bad for me, I'm a gut driven person. I just dump it. Right. If it feels good, I, I, I run with it and I'll make the best out of each situation because that's who I am. But you know, somebody like John, where it's fact driven, you know, he has his own gut feeling, right? Because the facts aren't there and it doesn't align on paper. That's still a gut feeling, you know, whether it's driven that way or not, you know, he still has his feelings and we, and we all have those, right? So if it feels good, guys, make, make the best with it. If it feels bad, it's probably fucking bad and get the hell out. That's good. Miss Nan, what you got? Uh, noisy animals. Um, the, Biggest thing that I, listening to everything we've said, um, just don't be a robot. You know, treat other th others the way you want to be sold to or treated, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go in there with only your motivation, only what you want, everything we've said is debunks that. That's, that's just not going to work. Don't be a robot. Don't listen to what everyone else is telling you. Figure out your personality and the person you were. It's what we talk about week after week, how important it is to know who you are and who you're talking to. Man, okay. Um, I, I would say that like, it's not enough to just study this stuff without studying yourself, right? You have to have a level of self-awareness so that way you really understand how you're coming off to others because, um, you know, you can understand that these are dominant and stuff like this and, you know, they want to do their, do their things, but until you know how you're going to react under that pressure of a D, you know, because sometimes there is pressure there versus, you know, the, the ongoing chattiness of an I or something else like this, you know, you have to, you have to know yourself well enough so that way you can actually run your process in the moment. 
Um, along those same lines, there is so much information out there. The information itself is essentially worthless. You have to put in the reps. You have to, have to, have to. Um, and, you know, you have to do it enough that you can do it as yourself, right? For a long time, I was just trying to sound like, you know, my coach, my business partner, these people that I was seeing on stages and stuff like this. And it wasn't working for me because it wasn't me. There was this odd, you know, imposter syndrome going on because, uh, because I wasn't communicating as me. And it, and it showed up because people were saying that I was different on the phone than I was in my conversations with them. And so uh, I take that to heart. So put in the reps, um, do it until you can do it in your sleep. And it sounds like you and, you know, you can do it in front of people who know you really well. Or drink real heavily. That too also works. Okay, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, if you are in sales and you know somebody else who might be struggling, or even if you're not in sales and you know somebody who is, please share this with them. If you have a question or a comment or, you know, you want to tell us that, uh, that our advice sucks, uh, send us a text, 817-345-7449. I'll send Clint to your house, you know, and, uh, and you can deal with that if you'd like uh, as he's flexing over there. Um, if you are listening to this on a podcast and your time is short because you're not in the car or maybe you're not in the gym or, you know, whatever's going on right now, you can watch this on YouTube and we can section it out so that way you can jump straight to the nuggets so that way you get the actionable advice that you need to improve faster. Uh, you're not going to close every deal. We're not going to make that claim because I don't want Clint showing up at my house. But if you want to improve, um, you got you to gotta put in the time and YouTube is an easier way to put in less time and get some nuggets. So uh, please like and subscribe this video. If you do watch it on YouTube, leave us a review um, if you would like to help us out because reviews help a lot. And follow us on social media. Everything is at Sales Throwdown. And we've been putting out a lot of content. So uh, follow us. I hope the content helps and we'll see everybody really soon. Cheers. See.